You're listening to Congratulations Pine Tree, the Bay's number one arts and culture podcast with me, Kate Rhodes. And me, Anastasia Vigo. And Anastasia is joining us from beautiful, sunny Los Angeles. It was sunny today. It's not a lie. I bet. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm not from Los Angeles and I actually lived in the Bay Area for 10 years. But for some reason, I do get angry when people hate, hate L.A. <laughs> uh-huh. And you also worked at SF MoMA for many years. I did for six years. That's true. And who was the worst person there? <laughs> I, uh, so many horrible people. <laughs> Too many to name. And who, who was the best person there? Oh, the best person. So many amazing people that I loved, actually. Gotta be Bob Fisher, right? (laughs) I did cross paths with Bob in the hallways and never got a smile from that guy. (laughs) Never got a wave, a wink, a a tip of the hat, nothing. (laughs) A wag of the finger. Yeah. But you did get matching tattoos with someone there. Do you want to shout them out? Um, James Provenza one of my close friends we became close friends working on the agent ruby exhibition uh lynn hirschman leeson oh was that lynn hirschman yeah Yeah. by the time we we left on the same exact day and got matching tattoos so cute and a very cute tattoo yeah i love it it's a little houseplant and you also co-host the extremely successful (laughs) top number one basketball podcast of the world dunk town how do you know it's extremely successful because <laughs> i'm on the discord that's true you are on our cutie nation discord for our patreon subscribers but yeah i i do that podcast with my friend agata when we started it we didn't know anything about basketball so it was our journey learning about basketball the nba the wnba but now i feel like we know sometimes too much (laughs) (laughs) things we don't want to know you got any uh you got any hot news about the warriors Ooh, warriors are so good this season they have okay that's enough okay 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 well we gotta announce some events here they got loads of events coming up here in the bay area um, you know the Berkeley Art Museum? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, they got some great shows coming up, including an exhibition in this coming spring curated by Tammy Ray Carlin. Now, I think Tammy Ray Carlin might be a little embroiled in the union situation, the strike going on there at CCA, because I think Tammy Ray is the provost over there. Oh, Or no. was, or has something to do with that so get on the right side of history are you talking to her directly yeah (laughs) she's curating a show there with her and david huffman lava thomas and john zurier they're presenting (laughs) some selections from bam pfa's collection it's a collection selection how do you feel about this what kind of works are we to expect i don't know uh, jay defeo oh and fred wilson This is a rare opportunity to to see some work by Fred Wilson, one of my favorite artists. Um, nice. Franklin Williams, David Ireland. Um, actually, you should go see this show. This sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a, a locals 
all-star hits, you know? Yeah, and uh, it's always uh, not too much of a challenge to get in for free over there. Wag your eyebrows up and down. Okay, then over (laughs) there at Montalvo Art Center, they are having Art Splash, a free, fun, family-friendly festival, showcasing all that Montalvo has to offer. And that is going to be Saturday, April 23rd from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. And guess what? It's free. You can't get anything for free Ooh. these days, but you can over at Montalvo. Have you ever done some sponge painting, Kate? Oh, I can't get enough of it. How about yeah. you? I remember, well, my mom sponge painted a wall in our house when I was a wee child. It was fun. <laughs> it there, didn't look great, but it. it was fun. Can you believe you stooped so low as to come on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you are elevating me to a classiness I've never exhibited before. (laughs) After this, are you going to go on the Bluegrass Ramble on WOSU back in Ohio? (laughs) You know, they've invited me many times, but um, we've had scheduling conflicts and finally we've made it happen. (laughs) So you can hear like Shorty Johnson... List off all the bluegrass shows in central Ohio. Is that what this sh- this podcast is based off of? <laughs> yes. Okay, and then over there at the Berkeley Art Center, they have a new show up called Midas, How Art Becomes Life and Life Becomes Art, curated by Squeak Carnwath. Now, I had a studio visit with Squeak Carnwath when I was in grad school, and I got to tell you, all we did was gossip. Oh, fun. I love and you that. know it. And in this show is going to be Ricky Dwyer, Linda Geary, Maria Guzman Caprone, uh, who, who was a Sika nominee. Hey, pause on this announcement. Did you hear Sika put their nominees out? I did see this, and congratulations to the whole list. I hope they all win. Can they all get it? No, sadly. Only, I think, three of them get it, which is really sad. Well, they could have changed it this year, but sure enough, they didn't. Let me go ahead and just read off every single name. (laughs) Indira Allegra, Binta Aofami, also Saifa Seuss, Sydney Kane, Maria Guzman Cabrone. And if you want a little preview of what Maria's Sika show could be like, you got to head over to the Berkeley Arts Center. Jeffrey Chung, Guillermo Galindo, Dana Hemingway, Hisu Kwan. Kathy Lou, if you want a preview of Kathy Lou's possible Sika flavors, you could go over there to the Chinese Cultural Center in San Francisco and see her solo show, which is up all year and totally really worth it. I went and saw it and God damn it. It was incredible, Anastasia. Wow. I wish I could see it. Wait, it's up all of 2022? Yeah. When you're here in April, we'll go see it. It's really good. Okay. Like, I'm not even fucking around. I would never fuck around about Kathy Lou. Also, Allison O'Daniel, which is amazing because I didn't even know Allison O'Daniel lived here, but that's amazing. Do you think that Allison O'Daniel wants to become my friend? She. It would be silly of her not to. Thank you. Marcel Pardo-Arisa, Gregory Rick, Layla Weaver, Chelsea Wong, and Miriam Youssef. And I can't say enough good things about every single one of these people. And they should give out 16 awards this time. And the fact that they're not is just one more reason why we need to go chain ourselves to SF MoMA until they change their ways. Yeah, I mean, haven't we had a hard enough past couple of years? Like, just give it to everyone. Honest to God. I mean, because it's not just for them. It's for us. It's for the viewer. Right. Right. We need all of this in our eyes. 
eye to eye. And our hearts and, and souls. Our, and minds. Okay, and then back there at the Berkeley Art Center, you also have, let me list off some more names for you. You got Sahar okay. Corey, Jerry Leisure, incredible name. Nice. Kyle Leipka and Tyler Cross, that's a collaborative duo, and John Mort. Now, do you think that everyone should be part of a collaborative duo because that would cut the competition in half? I think there's probably pros and cons. You know, um, it's probably hard if you're used to working solo to then become a duo, you know, creative differences and that sort of thing. But that being said, I love a collab. I love working with a buddy, a friend. I think it's really special. And if you find that collab that works for you, stick with it. There is absolutely sage advice. Speaking of, Maysoon will be back. She's going to be back very soon. I want the listeners to know I didn't mention that Maysoon is not here right now, but she's not here on this episode, but will be returning. And if you want to go ahead and send Maysoon your love and affections, you can give us a call. 419-351-6606. You can tweet us at Pine Tree Podcast, or you can send us an email. Congratulations, Pine Tree at gmail.com. I think for a second, the listeners were probably gonna come after me with pitchforks thinking that I'd replaced Maysoon permanently. So I'm glad I you know. said that. I that flashed across my mind too, just like your front door lit up by torch light. Yes, <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night, an angry mob in my yard. Exactly. Oh my god, Mercury Twenty Gallery has a new show coming out. It's called Hideouts, Escape Hatches, and a Submarine. That's opening Saturday, February nineteenth. That's this coming Saturday. And it's going to be having a little reception from 3 to 5 p.m. SF Camera Work has two panel conversations coming up in conjunction with the exhibit Forecast 2021. Sounds like they're a little late to the game on that one (laughs) since that was last year. And this show is called Uncovering History's Crystallizing Memory. Now, don't you think it should have been uncovering history's crystallizing memories? Yes. Uncovering history's crystallizing memory, photography, and placemaking online conversation. You got this. Keep going. <laughs> With Katina Alexopoulos, Trent Bozeman, and Jamie Robertson, moderated by Delphine Sims. That's Tuesday. That's Tuesday, March 22nd from 6 to 7 p.m. And then tearing down stereotypes, Christian K. Lee and Stephen Shames on undermining media bias. And that is going to be Tuesday, April 26th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. Okay, do you think we gave enough announcements? That is a lot of fun stuff to do. And I think people will have plenty of art in their lives uh, with all these shows coming up. I, yeah, everybody get out to everything I just said and everything I didn't say. Don't leave any stones <laughs> unturned. Okay, ready, Anastasia? We got a listener okay, email. I'm excited. Now, the only thing that we get any kind of feedback about anymore is, number one, a tour that Maysoon is making us do mm-hmm. <laughs> of different birds allow- around Lake Merritt. And listeners, we will be having that tour in the coming months. And we're very excited about it. Um, I feel like I made it sound like I'm not excited about it when I said that I hated that we were doing it. (laughs) 
but I actually am very excited. So that's coming up. So get your binocs ready. But then the other thing that people keep emailing us about is that there is a new Institute of Contemporary Art opening up in San Francisco. Have you heard about this? I haven't. This is crazy. The Rappaports, the people that opened up Minnesota Street Project. Mm -hmm. So they're opening up a new uh, Institute of Contemporary Art over there in San Francisco. And so we have a listener writing in. It's been very controversial. I can Uh, only assume. Exactly. Okay, so this listener writes in and he says, I'm catching up on podcasts and wanted to write because I just listened to the very old episode about the ICA and... I just went to the soft opening of it a couple weeks ago. Your episode about it was good, and I agreed with a lot of what you and May soon said, as well as with whoever that over-the-top commenter said. We had one anonymous. We had a bunch of anonymous writers in, but one of them was extremely vitriolic. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-huh, and, which was very fun to read. Okay, so anyhow, back to this, uh, the writer in. There are many art worlds, but it's tough to try to separate art from money with regards to any of them, especially the world you slash we are talking about with the blue chippers and big institutions here. Your remark stating you're welcome for basically focus grouping the goals of the ICA in a way that the founders should have done before painting the whole building white was right on. My only two senses, when you read the press release, what jumped out was the idea that the ICA is going to bring in contemporary artists from all over the world. While this sounds nice and exciting and might titillate the blue chip gallerists who are walking around as if they're posing for the Vanity Fair party pages, it's pretty tone deaf when you remember how isolated the Bay art scene is and how huge a barrier that is to anyone trying to pursue a national or international career. We all probably personally know amazing artists who ascend to the top of the heap here and it doesn't get them anywhere, literally, since the rest of the world generally is unaware of or isn't concerned with the art that is happening here unless it's the mission school. In my opinion, the number one service a contemporary art institution could serve would be to elevate this scene in the eyes of the world. We already have YBCA, WADIS, etc. bringing in artists from elsewhere. Not that ICA or anyone should be only about local artists, but you get it. Keep on! Thank you so much, listener. Okay, what do you think, Anastasia? You're down there in the big old honking city of LA, second biggest city uh, population-wise. Maybe area-wise? Is it the biggest city area-wise, actually, LA? I, have, I don't have this information on hand, <laughs> but it's really big. Like, And like, you lived in Phoenix, which is in the biggest county. Maricopa County is very big. Um Phoenix, I think at one point was like the fifth largest city in America, which is crazy to think about. I don't know if that's still true, oh, yeah. but LA is is very big population wise and land wise and art wise right now. Yes, yeah, um, you got everybody down there: Hauserworth and Schimmel or whatever. You got fucking Eli Broad and his Three Ring Circus, and there's galleries moving here. Or like putting locations here who already have established galleries in New York and stuff. You know, because there's a lot of artists that move to L.A. I think just because it's cheaper to live here than New York or San Francisco. In the Bay Area. Yep. Yeah. Big time. So, but I think, honestly, the Bay Area is kind of the worst when it comes to 
supporting the local art scene and elevating local artists to or you know just getting more eyes on um artwork made by local artists so why is it this way i Mm -hmm. don't know why it is i haven't put my finger on it but the people who hold the cash and the curatorial power for whatever reason are never looking close to home and i i know a couple bay area artists who ended up moving to europe even because they were just like i you know they just couldn't get a foothold it's really like the small artist run venues and spaces that have one community and then the institutions have an entirely separate community and those two yeah, I agree with communities that. have no bridges between them yeah or it's like the events staff or the education staff at the bigger institutions like bringing in most of the or it's a show like people. Sika where it's so completely separated from normal programming empty out the museum and have it be just Sika <laughs> but from my from my experience the reason why SF MoMA isn't doing this is because first of all for a long time I think SF MoMA was considered a small kind of local country bumpkin museum um And it wasn't until, you know, the 90s where I think with like the dot-com boom and stuff, they got it in and with Neil Benezra. Neil, I think, helped or like put, got it in his head to be like, I'm going to make this a internationally recognized and respected institution. Yeah. And in his head, the only way to do this was to get blue chip artwork in there. Yeah. And that, of course, then left behind local artists because they didn't already have a name for themselves. And I think that is still happening at SF MoMA. There's a weird chip on their shoulder to be like, come on, guys, us too. We're with the big boys. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, why do you constantly feel like you need to prove yourself like this? Just be who you are, like have your own culture, create your own thing. What is the number one secret that you know about SF MoMA? I, I wasn't allowed to handle the real, you know, secret, secret stuff. I mean, I I was, I never made it to a high level position or even a medium level position. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was probably in a medium level position, but... Um, <laughs> But I I would say the biggest secret that I can think of off the top of my head. Okay, here's actually something that uh, always bummed me out. So um, so the thing that always upset me uh, about SF MoMA was that the first director, Grace McCann Morley, who is a visionary and was amazing and wanted to create something very special... Um, she wanted SF MoMA to be a museum for the working class people. And so back in the day, it was only open like afternoons, evenings, and weekends. They really tried to make it so that working class people could come see art. And I think that is almost like the exact opposite now. (laughs) Uh, That's not a secret, but... Um, when we asked, you know, like we would ask like, oh, what, 
why don't we do late nights and why don't we do, you know, more things like that where it's like, yeah, free days and stuff like that, you know, and the answer was always like, that's not who we're targeting. Not necessarily a secret, but something that always like was in the back of my mind. Like, I really wished we had kind of kept more to Grace McCann Morley's vision of what the museum should have been. Do you think that Neil Benezra likes the band better than Ezra? (laughs) I think Neil Benezra probably had a party at some point called Neil Benezra's Better Than Ezra Party. Do you think it was in Wapakoneta? Oh, God, it's so true. Hey, everyone, you got to get over there. Nyad is having their win-win fundraiser. It's going to be, I think, March 5th, but they're selling early bird tickets. So get your early bird tickets as soon as you can, as soon as humanly possible. E.givesmart.com slash events slash p1g everyone's ranting and raving about the pipilotti wrist show at mocha oh did we ever find out if she oh she's swiss we were trying to ascertain what her name where her name is from she's swiss um and and we had a bit of a back and forth Because you're like, her name's pronounced Pipilotti Wrist. And I was like, yeah, in America. But I doubt that's how they say it in Switzerland. Pipilotti. Oh, right. Because you were saying Pippi. It wasn't Pippi Lottie Wrist is what she said. Pippi Lottie. Pippi. Wow. I don't know if that's correct. I mean, I've barely ever heard anyone say it. So Pippi if you are listening, please reach out to us. (laughs) Please reach out to us. She is a listener of the show. Is she? Kate, can I talk to you about something really quick that's completely unrelated? Oh, not completely, but... Yes? So... What is it? I was in Chicago in December, and... Uh Uh-huh. Look... Third largest city in America. Because it's got all those tall buildings. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they keep the people in the buildings. So I, I went to the Art Institute. I saw an amazing Barbara Kruger solo show, and... You just, you reminded me of this because of how, you know, Supreme, the brand kind of stole her whole deal. And then also like Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat stole her whole deal. I went to go see this Barbara Kruger solo show, kind of not knowing or hearing anything about it. I was just like, I'm in Chicago. I'm going to go see it. And it blew my mind. It was so good. It was kind of... Wow. It wasn't a retrospective. It was mostly all... Or, yeah, mostly new work, but is a real examination of, like, her whole career. There was, um, you know, these, like, three and four channel video installations. What was the video? So she had a bunch of videos, like, a bunch of different galleries. I think there was probably, like... Jesus. Five or six galleries that had video installations. And so one of them, for example, was an art forum review of her artwork from years past, like not necessarily a recent one. And then as the text shows up on the on the wall, you also see these little circling and annotating and her kind of looking at the language that's used to talk about her artwork and I'm not going to do it justice by like explaining it but it was 
so engaging and interesting and she also looks a lot one one of the video installations was pretty much all about the internet there was like a cat image with like a little moving mouth that um kind of found audio would come out of some of it was like (laughs) a woman speaking about like speaking about nonsense but then you would see text about vocal fry and how people hate vocal fry and women or whatever and then you would hear dudes like found audio of guys speaking with vocal fry and it's like it's it's the exact same thing but no one associates it with men so it's like all of these kind of like internet images and I'm not doing it justice but it was so good and it was like such a beautiful way for her to kind of reclaim her artwork and be like yeah all of this stuff kind of like took took the style and not the substance from her and so now she's just focusing on the substance is what it felt like it's like let's actually deep deep dive into this and I spent hours and hours in there and it it felt like no time had passed at all it was so engaging and interesting and so a uh, tip of the hat to Barbara Kruger. <laughs> Fantastic. And Anastasia, would you say that that's one Kruger that's going to invade your dreams in a good way? Yeah, because you know that Freddie's been doing it for years in a bad way. <laughs> You've been battling Freddie in your dreams for years? For years. God, that sucks. I know. But I always win. No wonder you haven't been getting good sleep. I am an insomniac. um, So yeah, now you know why. Have you been hearing my dog snoring this whole time? No, I haven't heard him at all. By the way, that Barbara Kruger show has closed. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. You did a review. Okay. I forgot to thank our donors. Thank you so much to our sustaining donors, Jim Prosser and Anonymous. And if you want to donate, there's a little button up in the top right-hand corner of our website, congratulationspinetree.com, where you can click that donate button, send us a little donation. Thank you especially to our sustaining donors who have really sustained us through this time of very spotty episode making (laughs) while we are doing our February and January recalibration. Anastasia, I got a haircut today. Yeah, we have to talk about this haircut. I really want to shout out this haircut place. It's called Disco Greenhouse, and it's over in Old Town, Oakland. And Jamie is who gave me my haircut, and and I think she's like the owner of the place and also does all the gardening. They have plants there. You can get a haircut in a lovely barber chair that I never have seen before. It was very comfortable. Nice. And... um and she was the best and i really got a haircut people i cut the fuck out of my hair can i can i sort of interview you about this yes please so how are you feeling before the the haircut how was i feeling before it yeah how did you feel about your hair oh uh, well i just had too damn much hair you know it's been a very hot winter mm-hmm. And there's been a few, to, and, I, and I'm walking to and from my studio, and I'm riding my bike, and I'm doing stuff out in the sun, and man, my neck was getting so hot under my hair, and I don't have a lot of hair. I got baby's first haircut hair, okay? But that hair was weighing me down. Mm-hmm. 
And so I was very excited to get a haircut. And I hadn't had a professional haircut since like 2008. Did you know uh, exactly what you wanted? mm, I had a pretty strong wish of what I was going to get. But I knew that the barber was going to know what was possible better than I do, Mm -hmm. kind of. And so I had a strong wish, but I had open expectations. Did you, what did you, how did you convey it? Did you bring photos? I did. I had my one photo and you know that I had many photos that I was looking at, but I just narrowed it down to just one that I felt really summed it up. And, um, and she was so excited really to give me this haircut because it was such a big change. Yeah. Like, it's really way, this is the shortest I've ever had my hair. She got the clippers out and was clipping around. And she was like, oh, my gosh, can I take before and after pictures and stuff? Because it was such a big change. And she was like, this is so exciting. Like, everyone just wants, like, a trim or whatever. Like, not anything, like, too big of a change. And so... I was, she, she made me excited. I was, I was in I mean, I was already excited and nervous, but she made me feel like, wow, we're really doing it. I love that. I feel like it must get boring just doing trims. And so it's like, okay, let's do something wild. Did you ever consider getting TikTok hair? What's TikTok hair? So there it's, you know, boys are like, yeah. I mean, it's like mostly these like TikTok boys or I'm not calling them. I think they call themselves. <laughs> mm, you legally can't call them. Well, they're I'm calling them boys, but they're I'm actually going to bleep that. I'm going to bleep that. I think it's I when I say TikTok boys, what I mean is that they are on there to like be shirtless. And right. Um they have essentially all bangs. It's like very short in the back and then there's there's a huge floof of bangs. It looks like... Um, oh, yes. It's like a ski slope made of clouds uh, yes. that are bangs. <laughs> that is basically what I've got. But yours isn't sitting like theirs is. Yours is I'm a TikTok boy. <laughs> are you a TikTok boy? <laughs> but I like that haircut. But not I the like big the, like, short, one. but with... Well, I just like a haircut that's kind of amorphous yeah. and just in constant, constantly moving. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So you don't look. But I know exactly what you're talking about. They're really doing a lot of preparation to that hair. Yeah, they they have to. I mean, I think the, the goal is to look like you just woke up, but they didn't just right. wake, wake up. They're blow drying it. They're no. putting product in it. They got that circle brush. Yes, they've got that the big column. round brush. Wow. Well, that was definitely in my in my mind. TikTok hair? For sure. Speaking of minds, have you been keeping track of your dreams? No, not I don't keep track of them. I have a very good memory for my dreams though. I think that in this year, in the coming three hundred and sixty five days, I think dreams like keeping track of your dreams, everything about dreams is gonna come to the forefront in trend life. Why? <laughs> because these are my reasons why. Number one, Inventing Anna, the miniseries on Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, the main character has 
well the the girl the scammer who it's about yeah she has a boyfriend in it who is a tech guy who's trying to make a, a dream app that hmm. somehow fucking like makes your dreams another data set that they can suck out of you. It just inserts advertisement directly into your dreams. <laughs> I don't know what the guy's trying to do, but it's very dream forward. Okay, that's number one. Number two, Kirsten Dunst did a did a thing on Vanity Fair's website, a video of her um, her whole career trajectory, like just breaking down every movie she's done. Mm-hmm. And she talks about dream work. She works with someone and, like, recounts her dreams and then uses that in her acting. Weird. Isn't it? Okay, so that's that's strike two. And then strike three of making it a big deal in culture is I got a dream journal. (laughs) And you're going to make it a big deal in culture. Yeah, in my home culture. I mean, I'm not against it. I... I feel like, um, so as you know, I have nightmares all the time because Freddy's in them. <laughs> I mean, that's that's half true, though. I pretty much have nightmares all the time. Often I'm waking up because I'm having some emotional response to them. And I think it's right. all anxiety filled. What's it called where in your dream, you know you're dreaming? Oh, lucid dreams. Lucid dreaming. I will... In my dream, be like, oh, this must be a dream because. Do you make. I. No. No. I'm of a mind where it's like, get your hair cut. <laughs> I am not into that hair. The big poofy floof in the front. Cut it. Um, so maybe I'm cutting the TikTok boy hair off in my dreams. But Amazing. I, I think dreams are really interesting because they are a, a little peek into what's going on inside of you. When I was at SF MoMA, I often had dreams that I was just inputting information into a spreadsheet or a database. <laughs> and it was the worst kind of dreaming because that's what I did all day at work. And then I go home and I'm doing the exact same thing. And I'm not getting paid for it. No, yeah, they're getting your dreams for free. Yeah. Okay, well, we are going to be dreaming from the bridge. (laughs) To the other bridge. To the island in between. This has been Congratulations Congratulations, Pine Pine Tree. Tree.